Sup guys, this is Joe Blair, host of the Sports Gamble Ramble. I want to take a few seconds here to tell you guys about the Anchor app by Spotify. It is the app that I use to record and promote all of these episodes that you guys have been listening to. It's super easy to use. It's free to download. It uh, gives you the ability to edit and launch your podcast right from your phone or computer. Um, ton of upside to this, super user friendly, uh, and also gives you the ability to monetize your podcast and record nifty little ad reads like this so you know if you're ever interested in starting your own podcast or know anyone that is uh download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and thank you for listening what's up guys this is sgr34 today we're getting back to our team previews we're going to be uh moving on through the afc south uh doing the indianapolis colts today um you know obviously i was trying to get you guys that fantasy content right now to be honest my head is just spinning as we're getting to the end of august and i'm trying to cram as much fantasy research as i can while also continuing these team previews um so you know just really out here grinding and uh it's it's a lot of work out here but uh, this is a fun time of year i'm getting really excited for you know fantasy drafts and um next week i'm gonna get you guys some episodes on some of the nfl futures that i'm looking at as far as uh you know win total over unders and uh you know super bowl divisional odds even player props things like that so a lot of fun stuff still coming your way uh, but we got to talk about the colts right now um, obviously big move for this team this offseason was uh, Philip Rivers leaving and trading for Carson Wentz. So that'll be kind of the headline here. They went 11 and five last year with Rivers, finished second in their division. Uh, they were the number seven seed in the AFC, grabbing that uh, number seven wild card spot. Um, but they lost in Buffalo wild card weekend 27 24. That was a great game. That was one of the more enjoyable playoff games to watch this year, um, really back and forth you know, Rivers and Josh Allen battling out in Western New York. That was a fun one. Um, congrats to Philip Rivers on retiring, you know, obviously hell of a career. Uh, Rivers got this team to the ninth overall points per game offense last year, 28.2 and 10th in yards per game at 378. So they were a pretty good, you know, top 10 unit on offense. Rivers was a little boring to watch, uh, you know, checking it down a lot, but that was pretty good for the, the running backs and fantasy and, this is a team that really didn't have that many pass-catching weapons last year. T.Y. Hilton's been kind of dropping off. Some of the young guys haven't really stepped up. So uh, to finish top 10 was pretty a pretty good uh, accomplishment for this team. I think a lot of that has to do with Frank Reich being one hell of an offensive coordinator. Uh, the defense was also very good. Um, also a top 10 unit, 11th in points per game, 22.6, 8th in yards per game. 332. Uh, this team finished second in the league in turnover margin as well. The Titans, we talked about uh, this past week, they're first at plus 11. Uh, this team finished at plus 10. So just one, you know, one spot behind. Uh, Rivers wasn't really airing it out that much last year. Like I said, a lot of check downs. So that led to some pretty low interception totals. And this was a, a very stingy and opt op opportunistic defense uh, led by uh, star linebacker Darius Leonard. Um, if I forget to bring up Leonard again, he's one of my favorite defensive players to watch in the league. Um, love him. Actually, his rookie year, I did a podcast with some buddies on uh, the Masters of Mediocrity. And uh, one of my picks for defensive uh, rookie of the year was Darius Leonard. He was going off as 33 to 1. Uh, he was a second round pick by the Colts. A lot of people called it the worst pick in the draft. People thought it was a reach. Uh, you know, 
three, four years later, Darius Leonard is the uh, top paid linebacker in the NFL. So what more do you want? The guy's a stud. He deserves it. Really fun to watch. Just an absolute field general and a ball hawk at the middle linebacker position. Uh, I played center and linebacker in high school. So those are kind of two positions that are pretty close to home for me. And uh, Leonard's just, you know, this generation's uh, top dog right now. So enough about that. We'll get into the coaching. Uh, mostly continuity on the staff. They do have a new offensive coordinator, uh, Nick Sirianni. Last year's offensive coordinator is now the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, but he wasn't calling plays. He was really more of an offensive assistant, uh, coaching up the quarterbacks and receivers. And uh, Frank Wright calls the plays for this team, so it's not too big of a change. The new OC is Marcus Brady, and he's been the Colts' um, offensive assistant and quarterbacks coach for the last uh, three seasons. So he's been a part of the staff under Frank Reich. Key losses in free agency as we talk about the personnel. I mentioned Philip Rivers retired. Um, other than that, not many big names, but some some quality depth on the defense. Defensive end Danico Autry, uh, middle linebacker Anthony Walker, uh, defensive end Justin Houston, safety Malik Hooker. They're all gone. And then on offense, um, they lost their backup QB, Jacoby Brissett. He signed with the Dolphins. Um, one of the better backups in the league, I think. Still a young guy. Um, and then uh, right tackle, the Raven Clark also left this team. As far as the additions, this is also a pretty short list with not many big names. Obviously, they traded for Carson Wentz. That is the headline. Um, guys, I, I don't really I don't really want to spend a whole lot of time talking about Carson Wentz on this episode. Honestly, it still pains me. Uh, it hurts my soul. You can hear it in my voice. My level of enthusiasm just really went down here. Um, you know, I've been vocal, anyone that listened to the Eagles episode, I think Wentz has the ability to have a career resurgence in Indy. I think he really got shafted in Philly as far as bad play calling, bad talent around him, bad offensive line. Just the whole thing was a mess. Indy is a much better situation. I think out of all the teams for Carson to have gone to this offseason, Indy was the clear best spot. So I think this does have potential to work out for him. He has continuity you know, working with Frank Reich as his QB coach and offensive coordinator the first two years in Philadelphia, where Wentz had, um, you know, his best season of his career is his sophomore year. So I think that's great for him. This team does have a good O-line. They do have good running backs. The receivers aren't overwhelming, but um, this is a team that's built from the inside out. They have a good core. Uh, they're well coached, so it has potential to work out. Carson right now is dealing with a foot injury already um, in training camp. Uh, this was a major headline throughout August, Carson injuring his foot a couple weeks ago. The projected timetable was 5 to 12 weeks. Uh, they were fearing that he'd have foot surgery. You know, it's, it's it, really scary stuff for a quarterback that has this kind of injury history already in his career. Um, but the word as of this week, as I'm recording this on August 26th, is um, that Carson should be ready for week one. That's what they're projecting. Uh, that's enough about Carson right now. I'm sure he'll come up more as we get through this episode. Um, but right now, the uncertainty with the foot injury, he's working on that. So that's kind of what everybody's talking about with Carson right now. Um, they also brought in left tackle from the Chiefs, Eric Fisher, to replace or uh, excuse me, protect Carson Wentz. I think um, 
left tackle Anthony Costanzo either left or retired. So that's a guy I, f- I failed to mention in the losses, but we got to him here. Um, offensive tackle Sam Tevy also brought in. Offensive guard Chris Reed. So you can tell they're really trying to secure that O-line. Uh, backup QB Brett Hunley was signed. He is um, not their second stringer. Jacob Eason is their second stringer right now. And then on defense, uh, just two names to be um, noted here. Isaac Rochelle is a defensive tackle that they brought in and free safety Sean Davis from the Steelers, guy that didn't really pan out being a former uh, first-round pick for them. They did re-sign a lot of guys. This is a team very similar to who have I talked about, the Packers, the Chiefs, um, maybe the Saints, uh, the Ravens, the Steelers, you know, teams that don't really make that many big splash acquisitions, but really take care of their in-house guys and make sure to, you know, re-sign their veterans first. The Eagles are a team like this too, although they're not afraid to spend in free agency. Howie Roseman always prioritizes getting his in-house contract extensions done before they go and spend external money, um, which is a good sign for a stable organization, excluding the Eagles, because fuck Howie. But um, the re-signings for the Colts this year, they got T.Y. Hilton back on a one-year deal. I'll talk about him in the fantasy breakdown. Cornerback Xavier Rhodes came back as well. Cornerback uh, Travis uh, Carey. That's, I think that's T.J. Carey. I'm not sure why they listed him as Travis. I guess that's probably his legal name. That's T.J. Carey. I don't know why I wrote down Travis. Just my website fucked up. Running back Marlon Mack got signed on a one-year deal. We'll talk about him in fantasy. And defensive end Al-Kadeen Muhammad also got an extension. So we'll get into the draft. Um, you know, solid draft, nothing flashy. They built the defense and they took a tight end. So round one defensive end Quiddy Pay. A lot of people had him going maybe top 15 as the top defensive end in the draft. He actually was the second defensive end taken, I believe. Uh, Jalen Phillips went to Miami at 19, if I can remember that off the top of my head. Uh, Quiddy Pay, though, second edge rusher drafted in the draft at pick 21 uh, to help hopefully boost that uh, pass rush for this already strong defense. They doubled up on the D-line, taking a defensive end, Deo Odenigbo. Uh, Yeah, I think I fucking nailed that, actually. Yeah, I'm not even going to hesitate. Um. So doubling up on that D-line, and then round four, tight end uh, Kylan Granson, who's currently the third string tight end on the depth chart, so whatever. And then round five, they took a free safety, Sean Davis. So they have two Sean Davises at safety on the roster. One of them is spelled S-E-A-N, and one of them is spelled S-H-A-W-N, so that should be fun. Um... We'll get into the projection for this year. Strength of schedule is 23rd, although I looked at this schedule, and it's kind of tough. Honestly, I'm not sure where they're getting the whole 23rd from, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll run you guys through some of the opponents. Obviously, you know it's kind of a weak division with four games against the Texans and Jags, but I still expect this Titans team to be better. Um, I will mention quickly the Tennessee Titans are dealing with a bunch of COVID shit right now. And that is worth noting since we're talking about their biggest competition for the division in this episode, it is uh, not great for a guy who just bet the Titans at 24 to one to win the Super Bowl last week. Um, But I think Tannehill is on the COVID list right now. Mike Vrabel is on the COVID list right now. And uh, this is a team that had COVID issues last year, especially early in the season. Um, They did handle it pretty well, uh, considering that they were able to overcome, you know, almost two full weeks without practice and still 
pull off a victory in Buffalo on a, a rescheduled game early in the season. But that being said, you know, it's, it is concerning that this team, you know, had COVID issues last year and they're now already in training camp, they're having COVID issues again. So you have to wonder what protocols that they're not following in that organization, because this is a reoccurring issue. And if that's the case, I mean, the NFL buckled down on the COVID policies this season, as far as, Hey, we're freaking pretty fucking sick of rescheduling games. If we have to reschedule for your bitch ass and we can't find a date and it doesn't work out, you're just going to have to forfeit the game. And honestly, you know, as an unpartial, you know, unbiased person, that's probably the right way for the league to play this. I'm getting pretty sick of these reschedules too, but it's just frustrating, you know, as a, as a Titans guy here this year for me, you get it together, guys, either get fucking vaccinated or quit fucking around, you know, but for the Colts, it's worth noting because they do have to play the Titans twice and they're in the same division. As we get back to looking at the Colts' schedule here, some tough opponents, Seahawks, Rams, Titans, Dolphins, Ravens. They get an easy one with the Texans. 49ers could be good again. Titans again. The Jets is a win. The Jags is a win. The Bills are going to be tough. The Buccaneers are going to be tough. Texans is a win. Patriots are going to be better this year, I think, especially getting the Patriots in December is not good. You know Belichick's going to have that team ready to roll by week fucking 14 of the season. Mac Jones could already have 12 starts under his belt at that point. You'd like to get the Patriots early, I think, in September if you can play them, but they got to get them at the end of the year. Then they got the Cardinals, Raiders, and Jags, so not too tough of a last month, but that Cardinals team could be frisky. We don't know about the Raiders. I'd give the Colts the benefit of the doubt. Uh, but we'll see if this Colts team can stay healthy, you know, not to harp on the whole Carson Wentz's injury prone thing, but I guess it's hard to avoid that narrative at this point. I really have gotten sick of people only focusing on that for the Eagles the last few years. Um, and he didn't deal with injuries last year or the year before, which is really great to see. He's been healthy for two straight seasons, but now in Indy, he's already dealing with a nagging foot injury. And I just don't know how confident I can be in a team that has in my opinion, a pretty difficult schedule. I don't really give a shit about this 23rd ranking and uh, the, the quarterback that's already got health concerns. It's kind of concerning for me. So we'll talk about the win total, but it's nine for this team. And you, yeah, it's not overwhelming. You know, this team won 11 games last year, but this, um, you know, it's tough when your quarterback is not getting the full allotment of reps in training camp and not playing in preseason. This team could get off with a, to a slow start with the opponents that I just mentioned. I think their first four or five weeks are pretty difficult. Um, so it is a tough schedule, and I'm not really feeling confident being able to take this team over nine. If Wentz does have issues this year, and I know it's a big if, and I know it's – I feel like a fucking hypocrite right now because it's like as soon as he's off the Eagles, I get into the whole Carson Wentz is injured thing. But, fuck, his foot is injured right now, so I can't run away from this. Um, and if he goes down at some point or misses substantial time, this team is not going to be good. I don't think Jacob Eason's going to be good. I don't think Brett Hundley's ever going to be good. Eason could be a guy at some point if he develops, but he's so young. He's only in his second year. Uh, he played two years at Georgia, two years at Washington, was a transfer, you know, lost his job to Jake Fromm. And I'm just not seeing it. He, he doesn't have mobility. So um, 
I'm not optimistic about this win total. I won't be betting it. I'm not going to take the under because I do like this. Or I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to take either one because this defense is really good. And I think it can continue to be good. There is a little bit of turnover in that secondary. And Xavier Rhodes has liability as he's getting older to fall off at any point for sure. But um, yeah, it's just uh the odds are under minus 145 over plus 115 so the odds indicate you know going towards the under on this and i feel the same way but i don't have a strong enough opinion to bet any of this stuff it's interesting as we skip ahead real quick the odds for wins is under favored but the odds for playoffs is favored to make the playoffs so this is a little confusing. I guess they're predicting that this team can sneak in with a wild card, even if they go maybe nine and eight, I guess. But it's just, that's kind of a, you would think that those two bets would be, the odds would be a little bit correlated and they seem to be going in totally different directions. That being said, I skipped over the futures prices. So division is plus 125, conference is plus 1250, and Super Bowl is plus 2700. In a perfect world, Wentz is back to MVP form, and this team is a Super Bowl contender. Uh, but I'm probably not putting my money on any of that stuff. I told you guys I'm pretty much in on the Titans in this division. It just wouldn't really make sense for me to invest in the Colts if I'm a Titans guy. So those are the prices, you know, bet at your own risk. Um whatever but that's that's kind of where i'm at it's just there's too many question marks with the health quentin nelson their left offensive guard they're the best offensive guard in the nfl future hall of famer he's dealing with the same foot injury that wentz is right now so just with all that being said it's tough to get super excited about those futures let's talk about fantasy and let's finish this up wentz is not being drafted for fantasy with the injury concerns, I don't think he should be drafted. If he does look good and healthy early in the season, he's a guy that you should look up off your waiver wire um, because he will provide you valuable weeks. But not spending a draft pick on a guy with that injury history and current injury problems. Uh, I've said injury about a thousand times this episode. Jesus. Um, Jonathan Taylor is the starting running back for this team. Finished the RB6 last year. Finished six. Um, he's being drafted as the RB six right now, six pick off the board. And it's too early for me. I talked about him on my running backs who are being drafted too high episode. So I won't spend too much time there, but with the fact that Naheem Hines and Marlon Mack are still on this roster, they went out of their way to re-sign Marlon Mack this off season and the offensive, uh, quarterback and offensive line health concerns. I'm not in love with Taylor as a first round pick this year. Um, so I'm not doing that and then Naheem Hines is I think worth a flyer especially if you're in a PPR league you can get him in the 12th or 13th round of your drafts as like your last running back I think that's worth looking at um, he does have a role as a pass catcher in this uh, offense and he was used more around the goal line than I thought he would be last year um, but he he's not a guy that's going to explode into like an Austin Eckler type role for this team he's kind of got his his niche carved out here uh, Marlon Mack not being drafted in fantasy, I wouldn't touch him. Uh, I think he does come into a major role if Jonathan Taylor gets injured at any point. Uh, so you should be aware of that. Um, but I think he's just kind of a depth guy. They, they, they might use him more than you want. So it's going to be annoying for Jonathan Taylor owners, but I don't think he has any standalone value as a, a guy that you might be able to flex, you know, unless an injury happens to Taylor. The receiving core is kind of a mess. 
T.Y. Hilton's going around the 13th round of your fantasy drafts. He's probably worth a flyer because, you know, you're not investing much. You'll be, able, you'll be able to tell within the first month if he's Wentz's go-to receiver or if he's washed up. Um, so I think it is something where if you draft him late and he doesn't look good, you'll be able to move on from him quickly and he won't burn a roster spot all season. But if I have to pick a guy to draft in this receiving core, it's Michael Pittman Jr., second-year receiver. Um, had kind of an underwhelming rookie year, but did look better as the season went on, as to be expected with um, these rookie receivers coming into a COVID offseason with no OTAs or training camp. Um, he's looked athletic. I think he has what it takes to be the number one for this team. You can get him in the 10th or 11th round of your fantasy drafts, and um, I am interested in drafting him at that ADP. So Michael Pittman Jr. is a guy to be aware of as a sleeper potential breakout this year. Um, the other two receivers worth mentioning, Zach Pascal is third on the depth chart. He's a guy to be aware of, especially if T.Y. Hilton drops off the cliff. Pascal should get um, an uptick in targets this year. And Paris Campbell is a guy um, who I loved out of the combine. I loved his college tape. He played at Ohio State with Terry McLaurin, and I thought both guys were electric coming into the draft. Campbell just hasn't been able to stay healthy. He's going into his third year, but I don't think he's yet to play an NFL pre uh, regular season game. Um, if he has, I think he got injured like week one or week two each season. So very limited action. Unfortunately, injury prone in his young career, but um, he's a guy that's super talented. And if he could fucking stay on the field, I'd love to see what he could do. So I want to mention him. And then there's two tight ends to be aware of. I mentioned the rookie that they drafted, Kylan Branson. You're not touching him for fantasy. Jack Doyle is still number one on the depth chart, but I'm not really interested in him. Neither tight end is being drafted here, but the second guy is Mo Alley Cox. Uh, some people in some fantasy circles refer to him as Gigantor, which is fucking awesome. He's a former center um, for the basketball team at, I think, Virginia Commonwealth. He played for VCU. Um, so really athletic guy, really big guy, trying to make that transition that a lot of people do from D1 basketball to tight end. Um, he's really big, like I said, like really fucking big. Um, so he could uh, definitely see an increased role with, I think, Trey Burton no longer being on this team. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's just kind of an open – the tight end position is up for grabs. Doyle's never really done anything to impress me too much. Allie Cox is the better athlete, the bigger upside pick, and he is being drafted, I think – um, he, no, it's really more of a guy that you can get with your last round pick. Uh, it's just because I've done a couple best ball leagues this week. Um, and in those leagues, Moelle Cox is definitely a guy being drafted, but it's not until like the fucking 15th, 16th, 17th round. So you can get him pretty much for free. He's a flyer worth looking at. Probably a guy I'm more interested in just watching how he does week one, how involved he is, and then maybe snagging off the waiver wire if he looks good. Um, but a guy to be aware of for sure with upside in that vast tight end landscape so that's it guys that's the colts that is the episode that i've been dreading for the last week um we're gonna move on we're gonna do the texans and the jags this division kind of fucking sucks to talk about honestly but we're gonna power through it um we have exactly 14 days until kickoff as i'm recording this uh thursday the 26th um, we've got six more uh, team previews to get through. Uh, I know you guys have fantasy drafts. I'm debating how much more fantasy content I'm going to put out on the podcast itself. Um, I will continue to post content on Instagram, so make sure you're following SGR Pod. Um, and I'll get you guys, like I said, a lot of that content for the season uh, futures, you know, the prop bets, the over-unders, the ins and outs, all that good shit. So that's it, guys. 
Uh, we're wrapping it up. SGR 34 in the books. Thank you for listening and ramble on. <laughs>